Welcome to the Moms of Triathlon podcast. I'm Jen Goshock, a former college swimmer turned triathlete. I'm an in-house commercial attorney and mama to Maddox, my 21-month-old son. And I'm Amy Henderson, pro triathlete and competitive cyclist and mother of two to Oliver, who's three and a half, and Margo, who's 23 months old. This week on the podcast, Jen is going to tell us about her first triathlon. But first, what's been going on with us this week? Okay, so Amy, tell me about your race. Oh my gosh, like there's <laughs> there's so much to it. It's so funny. I already like feel so far removed. Um it's Thursday that we're recording this. The race was on Saturday. And I think part of it is like also in my notes you've seen that I say like I'm a triathlete again. I have like two <laughs> weeks now of training for a triathlon before Oregon 70.3. And so I'm like doing open water swims, I'm doing tempo <laughs> runs, like my training is I'm doing TT bike rides. And so I think that shift like has like I feel so far removed. It feels yeah. so long ago. Does um, your TT bike <laughs> feel like foreign to you at the moment? Oh my gosh, I was so happy. I've ridden it once so far this season on the trainer and so uh-huh. I was so happy that I like committed to drive out to, you know, the place that we go and do our TT. And I rode on the TT bike there. The first 10 to 15 minutes, I was like, oh, these feel terrible. Like this feels so unstable, you know? And I was like, I thought I was going to feel so natural again. And like, it feels so weird. But then after that, I felt great. I felt good. I felt like I was putting out Actually, I forgot. <laughs> um, I use my Garmin Vector pedals for power on that bike. And of course, like I haven't used them in a year. So the batteries are dead. Um, oh. So I don't know what my power was. But, you know, I it doesn't matter. Like I was going based on heart rate and got some intervals in. So it is feeling good again. Good. So that's good news. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the race, like, basically... I was absolutely terrified the entire time, and it's a good thing that my coach and other people encouraged me to lay out clear process goals. You know, my coach is like, what are your goals? And even the first goal was like, stay safe. And I felt, I was almost like, I shouldn't even write that as a goal. That seems like a given or like dumb. But I was like, no, honestly, like, I am scared. This is, it's actually advertised sometimes as America's fastest crit. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because it's just like straight, you know, it's a straight like three city blocks and then you turn right or sorry, you turn. Yeah, you turn right, you turn right, you know, and like go again. And it's just like a clear rectangle. Right. Mm -hmm. And and big big corners, which means that you can carry more speed. Right. Um, So I have felt like I've grown a lot as a cyclist and I've done, you know, crits like the last crit I did that had a similar number of people, like slightly over 40 people at Tour de Bloom, the stage race I did. I felt like I'm covering attacks. I'm doing all this stuff. Like I just felt so good. And like, oh, this Boise one, like I'm going to, you know, be similar. Like I'm going to be able to do all of that. But being with a group of people who are like, pros like I don't know how much it was that I 
freaked myself out knowing like, oh, they're all so good versus, I mean, it really was obviously just like a ton faster. Mm -hmm. And so you're going through those corners and it's like I would be in the pack for a moment and then you get to the corner. My hands are sweating just talking about it. Like you get to the corner and it's like, okay, hold your line, hold your line. But like what I realized during the race was like, what is the line? I don't know what the line is. The corner is so wide. Like if you were just by yourself going around, you could take like a bunch of different lines and they'd all be pretty good and probably carry your speed in the same way. Like where do you cut the corner? Which apex do you use? Whatever. And so basically the pack would swing wide and then cut across the corner and then swing wide again and cut the corner. And it's like, I don't know what the pa- what the line is. Like, how do I hold a line that I don't know? Yeah. And then I would get so nervous about like, I mean, this is just comforting cornering. It's like you're going so fast that you have that moment of like, oh, if I go this faster on this corner, like I, you feel like you're going to fall. And so then yeah. you hit the brakes to slow down and then you're just like screwing everything up, right? You're screwing yeah. up the people behind you. You're screwing up yourself. You're losing like a gajillion positions. So I did that a lot, <laughs> but not, you know, too extreme. I didn't cause any crashes, but yeah. I definitely did that. And that's when I was like, I don't want to be in the middle of the pack because when you're in the yeah. middle, you can't go left. You can't go right. You really do have to hold that line. But I was like, what is the line? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> that sounds so scary. One of the videos that you posted, I remember being like, these people look like they're biking horizontally. And that freaks me out because <laughs> it was like yeah. a video of a corner. And I was like, I would literally not be able to do this. Yeah, it's and just knowing that all the people there are so seasoned and like Mm -hmm. not wanting to be the one who's like messing stuff up. So basically, I went to the back and I sat at the back for the majority of the race and I was spending extra energy to be back there because I was like having a gap and having to close it up and stuff. Um, I wasn't being very strategic, but at least I was able to calm myself down enough to like get through right and definitely a lot and it was 70 minutes which feels like forever yeah yeah and but so at one point there was you know there were different preems where you can earn money on any given lap if you win the sprint and so a preem happened and like five people I think got off the front and so then there was that breakaway And we were going around for a while and one person I know tried to bridge to it. So I was like, well, I might as well try to bridge too. Because at least if I'm bridging, I'm like solo off the front and I just can be alone, you know, then I can take whatever lines I want. My line is my line and my line only. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And then, of course, I didn't have to break on the corners. Then I'm like, oh, I feel great. It's just like when I was in the group, I was so like nervous about it Um, Mm -hmm. and like... Anyway, I got better over over the course of the race. I was breaking less. I was like feeling more comfortable. I tried to bridge to that attack. The group caught me. Um, but my teammates like commended me at the end of the race. They said it was good timing and a good idea. And I think part of it was like before I went, my teammates were at the front of the race trying to help bring back the break because mm. we didn't have anyone in it. And just a reminder for anyone, like a breakaway would be if you have the main peloton, some people you know, maybe attack, which means like go hard and try to cause a separation so that they get away from the peloton. And then if a few people go, then you've got like five people who are up the road leading the race and they can work together and try to stay away from the main group. And so that in the end, like those five are the only ones who would be doing the sprint at the end. You know, they know they're going to get top five or something, right? Mm -hmm. Versus 
in the group. But yeah, basically, then my teammates were able to, because I was up the road, I think they could work less on trying to bring it back. And I think me going, I mean, eventually, like I said, the Peloton got me. So hopefully it helped motivate the Peloton, you know, people yeah. to, to do some work. And then pretty soon after, we caught the the breakaway. So it was back to just like one big group. Um, I think in the end, how the race turned out, there was someone who went off with a few laps to go. She went off the front and so she and she didn't get caught by the group by the end. So she won. But I at that point, like there were even moments when I tried to get up to the front. I knew that in a crit, you have to start positioning yourself towards the front of the group many laps to go because the speed starts to go really, really high. And then if you're farther back, like moving up at that point is way more difficult. And so you try to get towards the front and then hold your position really well. And then you can have a chance to sprint for the finish. Well, at one point I did sort of move up and I was up there and I was so scared again. And I was like, I cannot be at the front of this group, like towards the front at the end, because I don't trust myself. I'm so nervous. I'm going to like accidentally overbreak or something in one of these corners when there's people all around me and I'm going to be the one who causes the crash and it's getting too intense. And I just like sat it out. I was like, I'm just going to the back and like, I don't need to sprint. Like this was enough learning for today. (laughs) So in the end, the goals that I sent to my coach and that I set out, like, I didn't really go for a preem. That was one of the things I wanted to try. And I, I do wish I had. But I learned a lot. I tried different positions. I tried being on the inside of the group and what that felt like to do the really tight inside line. I was on the outside of the group and doing the outside line. I was sometimes in the middle, feeling really uncomfortable having to hold my position. I was at the front of the pack sometimes, like, once. <laughs> um... And so I really was experimenting and learning and I learned how to like calm myself down. I learned after I went ahead and put out a big effort trying to bridge to that breakaway I and got caught by the Peloton, I didn't get dropped off the back. So I learned how to recover Mm -hmm. after a big effort. So all of those things I'm proud of, like, that's, you know, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And in the end, the way I view this is like, this was absolutely a necessary step for me to do this race and like have this experience and learn what I need to work on. Like I mm-hmm. need to do more bump drills, which are, I need to go out with mm-hmm. friends in grass and like hit yeah. our wheels and hit shoulders and like yeah. get comfortable touching people and not falling. Yeah. <laughs> um, I need to do more. There's like men's, um, you know, in the women's field, in the local Portland races, it's hard to get that experience of like a lot of people really fast paced. So I can also race with the guys and they have big fields and I can practice like being in a Peloton and being comfortable and going through corners and holding that line. And which mm-hmm. I learned the tip for that, my coach told me, is the line is follow the person's wheel in front of you. Okay. <laughs> so that like, honestly, it seems obvious saying it, but like that really helped. I was like, oh, yeah, like maybe focus on that instead of like, what's the line, you know? So all those things, like having this experience, you know how it's like, you don't know what questions to ask until you have something like that. And, and also how to mentally prepare. Now I know like, 
what that feels like. And so now as I even prepare for the next race and, you know, I need to, for example, the breaking in corners, like I know in past races, I've had to basically tell myself, like, I do not need to break right now. I do not need to break. And I need to know that in advance and be like, okay, I'm going to be fine. Like, I can make that corner at that speed with this line. Like, it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. So overall, we'll call it a success, even though it didn't, you know, in the end, like, of course, going into this race, like, my fitness feels really high. And I was like, oh, what if I could be a breakout star? What if I'm like top 10? Like that would be at this race, that would have been like really amazing. Mm. And no, there was there was no chance that was happening because I was I just couldn't put myself there. I was too scared. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you one thing, too, because um, I, I think I picked up on you weren't racing with like the team you've been racing with. Right. You were invited right. to race with a Seattle team. Or yeah. Something. So it, tell us more about that. Yeah. So good question. So I was racing with a team called Seattle United. And the idea of Seattle United is it's not necessarily at this time a standalone team. It's a it's like a conglomerate team that draws from some of the big local teams in the Pacific Northwest. So my team, POA, um, and then there's a big team, Gene Johnson. There's other teams. And so all the women I was racing with at this race, they also race for Gene Johnson, um, which, you know, great Pacific Northwest team. And also um, the the people who are starting up Seattle United are from uh, Gene Johnson, actually. So there's sort of a connection there. But basically... This is the team that's hoping to, like, we'll still race with our local teams at the local races. And then when we go to national level races, try to bring a crew together so that we can go and, like, represent there. Okay. That's really cool. And this was our first race as the Seattle United team for the ladies. So, yeah. So, in the one race we're doing this year and then next year, you know, we'll see. So, it's very cool. And yeah. Yeah, the kids yeah. are super pretty. <laughs> yeah, they really were. And then I was like, okay. And I like your other your other local team kit too. Yeah. And so I was yeah. like, wait, I need to know more about what totally. is Seattle United compared to who she's been racing with. So I'm Yeah. Fine. Yeah. So and and like I said, you know, because they're drawing from the different teams, like my team logo is on the Seattle United kit. Oh, and cool. like it has the full support of like our people. You know, yeah. when you're going and racing on different teams, like I don't know. There can be some politics probably. Um, But this is definitely like a supported, like exciting thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, that's, that's what I've been dealing with this week. Jen, tell us about your week. Yeah. So I've had a rough week um, and I'm going to give like a slight trigger warning here. And just say, I am going to be talking about a miscarriage, but I'm also not going to be going into detail. So I don't think people will be too triggered, but I do just want to like throw that out there. Um, so Amy, my parents came into town on Saturday, like kind of Friday night, Saturday morning. Um, cause they got in at like two <laughs> something in the morning <laughs> after our Luke Combs concert that we went to. And, um, I, Got Maddox up on Saturday morning and I put him in this 
t-shirt that I had bought that says I have a secret on the front and says I'm going to be a big brother on the back and let my parents know that I was pregnant. Um, and I was seven weeks pregnant and we were very excited and everything. And then literally that afternoon I, um, had some bleeding. Um, and so I was like, oh no, what's happening. But I also have like a lot of friends who have had that happen and be totally normal, you know? Um, and so I wasn't overly concerned yet, but nobody wants to see that when they're pregnant and called the on-call after hours. And they were basically like, um, monitor over the weekend. We'll check in on you on Monday. Nothing else happened over the weekend. So I was like getting pretty hopeful that like something, whatever, I don't know what happened, but unfortunately Monday morning I did wake up with and had bleeding, cramping, was pretty confident. I knew what was happening. And like I said, I'm not going to go into much detail, but was able to get into the doctor that day. And it was confirmed that I was having a miscarriage. Um, So that has kind of been like the main update for me this week. And we're very bummed, obviously. Um, But I, yeah, I don't want to like go into too much detail this time and like you know, you and I have talked offline and like, it might be something that I share more about in the future. Or we'll think about that. Um, might shed a little more light on my experience maybe. Cause I know it's like really common experience actually. And something that not everyone talks about, which is totally okay. But I also think the more we all talk about it, the more we realize who else has gone through something like this. Um, but it's kind of, yeah, been in the background all week. I ended up taking like most of Monday off work and I have been working the rest of the week. And that's when the thing is like, at the end of the day, like I still have a job and I am still Maddox's mom, you know, and like going through this thing, but I'm like picking my toddler up from daycare and taking him to swim lessons. And like my parents are in town and we're packing for a move. Like there's so much going on. Um, but yeah, so because of that, my mom has been getting in the water with Maddox for swim lessons this week. Um, and I'm kind of, yeah, so I'm going to move on from that conversation, but so funny. So I've talked about Maddox, like whining his way through lessons. So Monday, actually we got like stormed out. So lessons were canceled Tuesday. We go, my mom's like, okay, I'll get in the water with him. And I was like, great. I like sat on the deck and he just screamed mama the whole entire time. And I was like, shoot, maybe I should have left. Like, should I have gone (laughs) to my car? Like, I don't really know, but it was like, we didn't know how I was going to go. I tried to go like sit on the edge at one point and like, be like, look, mom's kicking her legs, like, you know, sitting off with my feet in the water and like trying to help. But then I was like, I don't know if I'm making this worse. (laughs) Like we ended up leaving a little early, not like crazy, (laughs) but like Maddox at one point, I think my mom put him on the wall to try to do something with him on the wall, but he just like literally climbed out and walked over to our stuff. Oh my God. It's fine. It's fine. We'll be done. So then, yeah, we're recording on Thursday. So we still have lessons tonight, but yesterday what we did is I did go in with them and helped like sunscreen him and get him all ready. And then when they got in the water, I did go out and sit in my car for the half hour. Um, and my mom said they sat on the steps for like half the lesson. (laughs) Um, and she kept trying to like get Maddox to do things. And he was like, no, no, I'm not doing that. And (laughs) the instructor was also trying to like 
um, use different tactics. So she like literally told everyone in the class, like, just pretend Maddox isn't here. Like, don't acknowledge. <laughs> she was like, don't acknowledge the boy on the steps. Oh, no. <laughs> everyone was like, we know oh, who she's gosh. talking about. Then my mom said like, he would like kick his legs a little or like whatever, but he, she kept trying to get him in the water and he kept being like, no. And then she said out of the blue, there was like an abandoned duck that probably some other kid had had that was like a few feet out from the steps. And that all of a sudden Max was like, duck. And she was like, do you want to get the duck? And he's like, yeah. And just like got in the water. <laughs> she was oh my like, gosh. okay. So they were able to like kick around and do things for like half of the lesson, I think. Um, but so that's been pretty funny. Um, and I don't know what strategy we'll do tonight, but probably something similar. Or I might not even go to the pool with them at all. We'll see. Um, and my dad might go with my mom. Um, I My mom is very capable and, like, obviously was with all of us, like, doing lessons when we were babies. But Maddox is just, like, a big, strong toddler. And I'm mostly just concerned of, like, sometimes he decides I'm not walking. You're carrying me. Yeah. And, like, I don't know if my mom can, like, carry the swim bag and Maddox, especially if he's being, like, wiggly or whatever. So yeah. I think um, my dad might go with them and, <laughs> um, and I might just stay home and then hear about it after. <laughs> so oh, my gosh. We'll yeah. see. But it was, it was really sad, too, because, like, after I helped get him sunscreen, he was, like, sitting on my lap crying, facing me, and he was pointing at my shoulder, like, tapping me. He's like, Mama. And that's, like, him Aww. telling me, like, I want you to swim with me. Yeah. And I'm sitting here going, like, Trust me, kid, like, I want to swim with you, too, Yeah, you know? but I'm not allowed to right now, and, like, we'll see if I'm allowed to get in the water next week or not, Um, but I'm hopeful that I will be, but, yeah, that was, like, that's kind of the main update. Otherwise, just um, packing in the background of, like, the work week, and super thankful my parents are here to help with all of that, especially with everything else that unexpectedly went on this week, so... um you know, we're just going to keep on trekking for now. Yeah. Oh, Jen. I don't. Oh, I, I'm like you said. I mean, we've had a chance to talk more. And, you know, I mean, I just want to give you a hug. And I know all of our listeners, like everyone, we're all here for you. And um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. I will say this is what I've said to like any of my friends from afar this week i am accepting all virtual hugs at this time so <laughs> feel free to drop them in the dms um moms of triathlon or to my personal one if you follow me um because i am typically a big hugger and also my friends also clearly know that both that or like treats are the way to my heart because like my best friend yossi had two pints of gelato delivered to my Ooh, door within like amazing. hours of knowing and like <laughs> one of my childhood best friends like you know there was a DoorDash gift card in my email within like hours of knowing and like was like get some sushi this week or something you know something yeah that'll make you happy and um yeah it was really sweet Maddox's former nanny dropped off like a basket with treats and a candle and face masks Aww. and it was just like so cute so I do I feel the love and um it is sad but we are going to be okay and the good news is that because um it was early and because my body seems to be handling it on its own without any intervention um 
you know, we'll see what, if we're ready, but technically we don't have to wait to continue trying to conceive. So that is yeah. like a positive at least. So, yeah. 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 So Jen, this week for our main topic, we thought it would be fun to go back in time a little bit and get to hear about your first experience with your first triathlon. We, Allie and I have shared bits and pieces over time, but we haven't really gotten to hear so much about your experience. I know that you've talked about getting into triathlon after collegiate swimming and that you started on the draft legal circuit. So tell us, like, put us in time. Where are we? When is Jen getting ready to start triathlon? Yeah. So right after college, um, Devin and I moved to San Antonio, Texas. He moved like immediately when we graduated in December of 2011. And then I moved right when we were married in May of 2020, 2012. Um, and I had been in touch with Barb Lindquist, who I've mentioned before, was like someone who was trying to get more collegiate runners and collegiate swimmers into the sport of triathlon post-college. She was, I believe, a Stanford swimmer herself and went on to become an amazing triathlete after college. Um, And she put me in touch with Shelly O'Brien, who is a coach in the San Antonio area. She runs a team called Icon One Multisport. And she works with like all ages from like teenagers or little kids even um, to adults in the sport of triathlon. And so she put me in touch with her and Shelly herself was like a world champion competitor in um, originally pentathlon. And then I think she got to that same stage in triathlon, but I don't, I don't know. You'd have to Google it. (laughs) I'd have to like relook it up. But um, she was like, you know, had a very successful career herself. So I get in touch with her and I get there, I kind of get my bearings in San Antonio and I start talking to her and I go, I like hire her as a coach. Like we're doing it. She's like, you're going to do draft legal. Like that's what the whole point is, you know, for this like kind of group and these people that Barb Lindquist is like picking out, whatever. So, um, we pick a local triathlon for me to do first. And then with, and we put a few draft legal triathlons on the calendar. So I was getting ready to do the Kerrville Triathlon Festival, which is a sprint about an, a little over an hour away from San Antonio. But when I got to Texas, like I had done a couple rides with my dad, but leading into my last school year. So like I hadn't like clipped in on a road bike in a year and I'd only done it like two or three times ever before that, for example. And um, while we did like running here and there for cross training for swimming. I hadn't been a consistent runner since high school. Right. So I get there and like Shelly is like literally taking me to like grass fields to practice, like clipping in and clipping out because I'm falling like all over the place. Um, which that's now a pointer I always give people when they're learning is to like go to a grass field. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of funny. And then we were like literally in like little neighborhoods with lots of stop signs where she'd make me like actually unclip and stop at every stop. So like we were like literally triathlon beginner basics 101, right? Did she know when you were getting there? I was worried that you were going to say like you showed up and she was like, what? Like you don't know how to do this, that <laughs> and the other thing. And so like were her expectations set appropriately? 
Yeah, I think we'd had like an introductory call where I kind of like told her, this is my background. This is what I've done. This is what I haven't done. Um, I think knowing me and how open I am, I'm sure I expressed from the beginning, like I'm nervous about the bike. Like I am a swimmer. I've been in like a very safe pool my whole life. You know, there's only (laughs) so many ways to get injured swimming. Um, So I think, and because she's worked with kids and like teenagers and stuff, I think she's like really good at just like, you know, going from step one. Right. And I mean, it makes sense too, if you're, if, you know, this is part of that sort of like that pipeline, the Olympic pipeline that they're trying to, you know, see who they can, what talent they can take. Cause it really makes me think of Gwen Jorgensen's experience too, right? Like having Mm -hmm. to build all of that bike technique and, you know, everything. Right. Yeah. And, and even now, for me, starting my coaching with like switching to cycling and being with a bike specific coach, it's one of those things where like, yes, I know a lot. I have a lot of experience. Obviously I've biked before, but I'm always, I never am offended if he like tells me something really basic or stuff like that, because it's like, you never know what little thing you might Mm -hmm. just not have learned along the way. And so it's like for a coach, it's good to just start at at the basics and build and make sure that you have those fundamentals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she knew like, okay, this girl can swim, but that is the shortest part of triathlon, but like she has mm-hmm. good running background. So hopefully we can like harness that, even though it's been a few years. Cause like in high school cross country, I went to in California, what's called CCS every year. I narrowly missed state. Like, so it wasn't slow, you know, like I had, good running ability and was able to give her my 5k times of like 18 minutes back in the day and things like that. Right. So she's like, okay, I can work with this, but like, (laughs) let's see. Um, you know, and like the bike, the cycling is the main one starting from scratch, but yeah, the interesting thing with my running too, is like, I was just on like a high school cross country team. So she actually made me realize how much like technique there all is involved in running and like no one had really worked on running technique with me aside from, and this is what I told her, my dad, who was like a California state cross country runner back in his day in high school. And like, I was like the two things my dad always told me was like, if you're running properly, like you shouldn't be able to hear your feet that well. And like, you know, <laughs> your arms should go straight, not across your body. Like some people do. And that was like, yeah. Basically my running technique information, right? <laughs> um and so she was like those aren't bad places to start, but like there's so much more. Like, you know, like I think I learned that I was um, you know, not leaning forward as much as I like I needed to have a little bit more of a lean and like my um knee, like my swing was like too forward, right? Like it wasn't I didn't yeah. have that like kind of natural falling motion and like and obviously some of that's different a little bit too for like Ironman speed training versus like sprint <laughs> yeah, training totally. and all of that. Like your form will shift a little if you're doing like sprints versus endurance training and everything. But yeah, like I didn't know anything about running technique really either. And so, and that's what I really liked about Shelly, which is like goes back to my club coach in swimming that I talk about all the time. It's like, I love a coach that focus, focuses on form and technique Because at the end of the day, like, especially if you know you're working with someone who is a hard worker and will do the work when you ask them to, like, you will get so many more little gains that really add up 
if you have a hard worker who's got the technical background down, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I love that. But yeah, she, it was funny too, because the main group that I was with like multiple times throughout the week, and it's so different than what I do now, right? Too, because I was like really training in person for a lot of it, not all of it, but a yeah. lot. But the main people were like high schoolers and I was like a new college grad. And I like became close with these kids, right? It's so (laughs) funny. But um, they all think, I think they also just got like a hoot out of me because like some of them (laughs) literally had like better cycling skills than me already if they've been working with Shelly for like a few years. Yeah. But like I was kicking their butts in the pool and they were like, dang, Jen's so fast in the pool, right? And, you know, it all, and then running it varied. Like some of them were really tiny little speedy cross-country runners and some were working on their running. Um, but yeah, it would be so funny if we'd go out for like group rides. Like I remember this one time, Amy, we had ridden our bikes, I think from the pool to a track and we were doing a track session and then we were going to ride our bikes and do like a shorter ride with maybe some hill repeats or something after that. And we're all on our bikes behind Shelly's truck like following her to where we were then going to go and do like our riding stuff. And we like pull up to this one red light and I just like literally go down, like and literally oh, just no. fall sideways. <laughs> and I'm like with all these high schoolers who could literally handle their bikes better than me. <laughs> like, and I'm not hurt. So I'm just laughing at myself, get back up. We get there. And then like Shelly gets out of her truck and she's like, did I see correctly in my rear view mirror? Jen just go down at the red light. And like all the high schoolers are like making fun of me and stuff. But it was it was fun and it oh was um, I definitely I think helped entertain them <laughs> during those couple seasons. <laughs> totally. But, oh man, it reminds me of I was I did a ride with Allie. I think it was like my first one of my first big rides back after having Ollie probably. And we rode around and we were then like coming back to my house a few blocks away and I totally wasn't able to clip out in time and (laughs) fell over in the road. (laughs) And it was, yeah, it's so embarrassing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I've had that happen a few times. There's one time Coral and I were like on the Courtney Campbell Causeway in Florida, which is like this bridge that has a bike path the whole way. And we got to like the far end near some beaches and I did that. And like, so like beach goers like saw me and Coral's just cracking up and then people are looking at her like, is your friend okay? Why are you laughing? But like, she knew yeah. I was okay. I think I was laughing. We were both laughing, but people were like staring at us like, what, yeah. the, what in the world? Yeah. But I really think working with Shelly is like, was like the best foundation I could have had even to do long course later and everything because she, yeah, she really like dialed it down to the basics. Um, and then we, you know, we got me going and then there was just with all that in-person work, there was so much like from in the weight room, like specific exercises she gave me that were like, and this helps your cycling because of these reasons. And this helps your swimming because of these reasons. And this helps running. And like, we do so many interesting and creative things. Like i we do resistance on the treadmill, even like with bands around our ankles. And we would do wow. backwards, like jogging, which I, I don't know if I ever actually progressed to the backwards jogging. <laughs> I was still walking by the time I was moving out of Texas, but, um, you know, and she, she introduced me to a trainer for the first time. Like she had it set up so she could throw us on Zwift, like even if we didn't have it or whatever. 
Mm -hmm. um, to do some like tests every now and then. And um, she would send us on these, I think it was Tuesday nights, these rides with this like huge cycling group she knew of in San Antonio, which was like largely adult men, but you know, some females in the mix. But she had like this guy that she was close with where she could message him and be like, I got a new one coming out. Like, can you watch out for her? Like, give him kind of the rundown. And I saw that was so cool because like, I don't know if he was out there just for fun or if he had like goals he was working towards, but he would just like sacrifice his own ride to be like, I've got you today. And like for the next few weeks, if need be, and I'll like show you the ropes, like this is, you know, we're still in our warm up. This is what we're doing. And then we'd get out to this like kind of more rural spot where they do these loops, almost doing like their own little crits. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we'd warm down all heading back to the city together. And some people would do like four or five loops. I think like my first time out there, I barely got in two before everyone was like (laughs) heading back to San Antonio, you know, but he would like totally take you under his wing. And it was like, cool. She knew so many people in the community where she could be like, okay, watch out for this person. They're coming, help them with this, you know? And so I thought that was really cool. And I think, yeah, I just think all around and swim, you know, I had down pretty good, but she wrote some really good hard workouts that were helpful that I might not have done on my own post-college, but like swim, bike, run just laid a great foundation for me, like heading into triathlons, you know? That's amazing. That's so cool. It's like heartwarming, honestly, you know, and thinking back on experiences I've had that are similar and then thinking about like, how can I do that for other people, like mentor new people into cycling, into triathlon, into sports. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it is a really special community and how that happens, you know? So yeah, totally, totally. And like, yeah, the high schoolers, like, especially these two, like Emily and Sarah that I would meet up, then we like became close and I would meet up with them for runs that weren't prescribed to be with the group, you know, and like got to know their families. And I'm sure they were probably like, Okay, our friends, our daughter's like friends with a 22-year-old now, but that's interesting. But like, you know, they knew that Devin and I were kind of out in Texas by ourselves without like friends and family around. So it was, but yeah, it was really cool. It was a great foundation um, to get into the sport for sure. Yeah. Okay, so then how did you select which race would be your first and how, how much how many months had you been training before you dove in and did a triathlon? Yeah. So we selected Kerrville because it's pretty close to San Antonio and they had one that would be, you know, yeah, like a few months into my training. I think it was, I'd been training for maybe like four months ish. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I think we chose that just because of like proximity and I think it was a race that Shelly had done herself and she'd sent other athletes to. So she knew like it was Ryan well and all of that. Um, so we signed me up for that one. And then like the ones after that would be, you know, heading into draft legal. So for for draft legal, did you have to travel a lot? Was there local stuff? I feel like it's sort of hard to find draft legal opportunities. Yeah, my first one was in Florida, actually, like which is so interesting um, just because I ended up living there. And if you had told me that back then, I would have been like, how do I end up here? You know, Um, but so it was was Claremont, which like, I feel like people in the triathlon world know about the Claremont one. 
Um, and then the second mm-hmm. one was up in like Virginia, I think. Um, oh. I'm pretty sure I have that right. I'd literally have to look it up again, but I want to say it was in Virginia. Okay. Did it relate at all to any collegiate racing? I know like at Stanford, we hosted basically all in California, you know, there were different, the different college collegiate triathlon teams would host triathlon races. And that was what made up the collegiate triathlon calendar before you went to nationals. And those races typically had a draft legal race in addition to the regular ones. And I remember that there would be young, you know, high school kids who would come in and travel to those races so that they could get that draft legal experience. Yeah, I can't remember there being like collegiate athletes at them, to be honest. But the like there were the teenagers were coming to both of both of these races, I believe. But yeah, I can't remember there being college athletes. I remember just like talking to a lot of the ladies I was racing against and a lot of them being like me, like I swam in college or I ran in college. Yeah. Cool. And after my second one, we like Barb Linquist stayed in town for a few days and like five or six of us ladies and like five or six men like did a little camp with her. Oh, sweet. Wow. Which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty neat. And like I shared a hotel room with Caitlin Standifer, who like if you look her up and she's on Instagram and everything too, but she has been killing it in triathlon to this day. I don't know how much longer she did draft legal because I didn't do it for very long because law school was still the goal. And like, you know, I got into a school, chose a school and like headed out to California to do that later that year. But Caitlin, like, for example, when I raced in Nice 70.3 worlds in 2019, Caitlin was there like trying to win our age group. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I can't remember what place she got. I think she podiumed. Um, I, I think I'd have to look it back up, but yeah. Like, so she was like one of the people I was like racing with and train, like training with at the camp and stuff, but like knew about in the, in the, you know, kind of draft legal, um, community that was going on. And I remember there's a few of them where I've just like, I've seen their names since. And I'm like, yeah, like maybe if I hadn't gone straight to law school, like I wonder what would have happened. Cause a lot of these ladies I was racing against, like, you know, had some really great years in yeah, triathlon. So totally. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, then, yeah. So I got ready for Kerrville and it was very interesting. So at that point in our lives, Devin was traveling like every single week for work. So he would be gone like Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday, almost every week. And so that weekend of the Kerrville triathlon, like he had gotten back into town that time on a Friday and he was like, so exhausted. Like he was like, do you think you can go without me? Like, I just can't even fathom like waking up and getting back in a car. Cause his travel too was like, um, driving to different FBI locations and doing these inspections for this environmental company. And so he would all week, not only be like traveling, he wasn't just traveling to one destination and doing like some business meetings. It was like flying somewhere and then driving all week to like a ton of different cities than flying. So he's like, the last thing I want to do is get in a car tomorrow morning and drive. Yeah. And we're like laying in bed that night and it is storming. Like, oh no. Pouring 
so loud, like crazy thunder, crazy lightning. My very first triathlon's next day. I'm like, is this race happening tomorrow morning? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know what happens in the triathlon world after a storm like this. We're like trying to look up the radars. Is that like, is it still going to be going on in the morning? And we ultimately, he's like, you should just try to get some sleep. He's like, set your alarm and just wake up and see if it's still storming, you know, like <laughs> yeah. try to fall asleep basically. Um, but you know, like the night before a race, you rarely, I rarely get yeah. great sleep anyway. No. Yeah. My club coach always told me it was like the night before the night before that yeah. mattered more <laughs> than, <laughs> you know, he always said like lots of Olympians don't sleep the night before their biggest races or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I wake up in the morning and it's not storming, but it's, uh, very clear that there was a huge storm, you <laughs> yeah. know, like there's just like mud or anywhere that there's dirt or like even debris on the roads like it's just very clear there's a big storm and I'm like okay well I guess I'm gonna like get on the road and see and I get to Kerrville and like race is gonna happen and everyone's like setting up in transition and (laughs) doing all of that and so I remember just You know, we'd walked through so many things like ahead of time, but I just remember getting there and being very much like a deer in headlights. Like, I don't remember where I was able to do my packet pickup or if I was only able to do it that morning, but I hadn't had to drive to the race site like um, ahead of time or anything. So it was literally like I was getting there and being like, okay, what is this place? Where do I go? What do I do? And did you know anyone else racing? That one, there was... um, Like a lady who also worked with Shelly, who I think was like in her 50s, who I knew but didn't know super well, Mm -hmm. who was going to be racing that day as well. Yeah, but Shelly wasn't going to come. I can't remember why, but she wasn't able to for some reason. Um, So mostly I was basically on my own. Yeah. Um, Because I remember being like, I'm even going to leave my car keys like in transition and pray. Like everything is there at the end of the day. Like I was like, I have no other options, you know. (laughs) So transition was on like a field and it was extremely muddy. And um, well, I had started practicing my flying mounts and dismounts. We had decided I wasn't going to do them at this race. Shelly was like, you can put on your bike shoes and run a short distance in them. Like, it's totally fine. Um, which back then was a little bit more of a conversation because my, like, speed plays now have, like, a plastic, like, rubbery covering. So if I want to run in them, it's, like, no big deal. Back then, my speed plays were just, like, metal. So it was kind of, like, sketch sometimes when I would, like, run or even walk on like concrete or asphalt or anything in them, you know? But she was like, well, that's what we're going to do. And we'll work on it more ahead of your first draft legal race. So I remember taking note of the muddy field before race day, but didn't really think much more of it. So I get all checked in, transitions all set up, you know, start lining up with a big group. I think it was a lake that we were swimming in pretty sure. Um, And the funny thing is, I don't remember that much about the swim, but I remember feeling like it went well. I remember being able to tell as I got out of the water that I was clearly one of the first females, maybe the first, not sure. And so I was like, okay, all's going according to plan so far, right? Had you practiced 
A, had you practiced much open water swimming? And B, had you practiced much? I mean, if you were able to swim with a squad, then you might have done some of what we did at Stanford of like, we would swim in the pool, like, you know, really close to each other and practice that like drafting practice, being in the chaos. So were you, did you feel prepared for that? And obviously, you're one of the fastest swimmers, so you pretty quickly would be out of it. But still, a mass start in a triathlon is, like, scary. Yeah, no, totally. Yes. No, that's a good point. Um, with training, we did the same things you're talking about. Like, sometimes it would be, like, you're squeezing three to a lane. I'm, like, mm-hmm. we're doing some sprints. Um, sometimes we'd show up and there'd be no lane lines that day. Mm-hmm. So I'd be, like, we're doing no lane lines from today. <laughs> Um, sometimes we would end with like cool down where we would be going like in a square or rectangle, like around the pool and like practicing that, like not having walls. We do workouts where we were supposed to flip turn, like, you know, just barely inside the flag so that you don't get like to use a wall every 25 yards for all of your workouts, you know, uh-huh. you don't get a wall in open water, obviously. <laughs> So, yeah, we did different things like that. I want to say we might have even done one, like some sprints where people would line and like make the water all yeah. like wavy, like, you know, using kickboards <laughs> or like kicking themselves yeah. towards you. And then you were supposed to like sprint through it. So we would do fun things like that for sure. Um, that all helped. And then I don't think it was more than a couple times, but there was um, like we would go to like a lake. And on a couple Saturdays, we had done a swim and even like a, what would it be called? Like an aqua aquathon maybe? Yeah, or an aqua jog. Yeah, we had, I had definitely done at least one of those. It was like a race, but it was very, like, very, very, very low. Yeah. And not that many people there. But it was technically, I think, an actual, like, race or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, we used to have that in the Bay Area, too. There was, like, um... A weekly for, you know, I don't know, something in summer where we could bike down from Stanford like an hour south. And then it was, I think, an aquathon. Yeah, like you say, aqua jog, aquathon, whatever. (laughs) And like swim and then run. And yeah, I forget about all this fun stuff. Like, I don't know. I forgot until you literally... Yeah. Yeah. I forgot <laughs> until you were like, did you do any open water before the triathlon? I was like, yes, yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> it is fun. <laughs> but yeah, totally fun. And she just was so plugged in to know about all these little things too. Cause like I said, I don't know if there were even, I don't know if there were even 50 people at that thing. Like, yeah. you know, like it was very small. And like there was this, these weekly, um, one of the parks hosted a weekly free. 5k you know yeah and oh, she would cool. we'd have to go there and she would tell us like what our goal was yeah each like today I want you to try to PR or like next week I want you to work on that middle mile because that's where you're struggling in the middle or like yeah. whatever it was but it was like could be in a, like a quote-unquote race environment you know and like there's a lot of the same people would show up each week too so you'd be like well that person beat me but now I'm at not by much last week. So, totally. you know, you could like work on things that way as well. But yeah, so we had done some open water and done a lot of things in the pool to try to help prep for open water as well. Nice. So when, so sounds like the swim, you know, went pretty well at the start. Do you remember being like stressed and, and nervous or scared or like feeling that sensation of 
being overwhelmed with all the people or did you just like head down and just like push through it till you had clear water? Um, I think I remember mostly being excited. Like I am someone who channels my nerves that way most often. Um, Like this is another thing Coral and I have talked about a lot because I think I had like read it or heard it somewhere. And then I know she's used it with athletes too, is that usually like nerves and excitement are actually the same thing. And it's only like how you choose to frame it. So like as an optimist, like people are like, oh, Jen just gets excited before races. I can't do that. I get so nervous. But we're probably actually feeling the exact same thing because my pre-race excitement is butterflies in the belly. It is being like a little jittery. Um, My heart rate is increasing, which is like, I think a lot of the same things that someone would say, oh, I was really nervous before the race would say, right? Um, So I like try to frame it in that way and just get like excited. Um, I think I like chatted with a couple people around me, but maybe less so than I do like today at a race because I was a little (laughs) more like wide eyed and like, okay, you know, Um, I don't think I like lined up in as good of a spot as like I would now, you know, like I think I had to swim over some people, (laughs) but I just like wasn't sure and like all that. So those are the things I remember. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay. So then you get out of the water, you see that you're, you know, probably one of the first. Yeah. And I remember it was like a little bit of like a grassy uphill into transition, but not too long actually compared to a lot of ones I've done with Ironman and stuff. Um, And I get to transition and I, you know, put on my helmet and my shoes and whatever. I don't think I was really worrying about nutrition. It was a sprint. So I don't think that was like a big thing for me at my very first one. Um, And I'm running through and it's like muddy, like really muddy. (sighs) And I go and I get on my bike and I'm just like having the hardest time clipping in. And my hardest time, I mean, I'm not clipping in. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what's happening? I'm literally just riding on top of my little tiny like circle speed play pedals. And I kept like trying like the whole, it was a sprint, right? So 12 miles or whatever. And I never clipped in like that whole time. I did not get clipped in once. um, (laughs) The bike was like, had a couple hills. So it would have been really nice to be clipped in on the uphill, especially. And I can remember it wasn't like completely closed course. um, But like, I remember thinking that the traffic officers were really helpful in most places and everything like that. But I remember just like literally tr- like working for the entire 12 miles, like trying to oh, clip in. Yeah. And I can't even remember if I like, I was trying to think, did I stop at one point and try to look at my stuff? I can't even remember if I did or not. I remember thinking about it. Right. But I, I discovered at the end of the race day, when I went back and looked at my shoes and my pedals, I was like trying to look at them and be like, <laughs> what was happening here? And they were just completely full of mud. Oh. So they were just full. So that's why I didn't clip in, yeah. right? And if I had mastered like the flying mounts or dismounts ahead of that, <laughs> I would have not had to worry about it. But that was really frustrating. But I remember like afterwards and Shelly seeing my time and I won my age group and she was like, that was a great first day. Um, I thought your bike would be a little faster, but like, <laughs> you know, you did, did, did what we set out to do overall. And I was like, I never clipped in. And she was like, you never clipped in. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? You know? And I had to like 
tell her what happened. And she was like, oh my gosh. And then she's like, well, what did we learn from this? You know, and right. we talked about like, could I have pulled over and tried to like empty them out real quick? Yeah. And would that have, yeah, or stomp them out? And would that have ultimately led to a faster bike split, even if, you know, stop and take a minute? Um, and then also the big lesson was like, we're definitely working on your <laughs> yeah. mounts and dismounts. Yeah. Um, which like, I think everyone in draft legal pretty much does those anyway. So it was like, I didn't want to get to those races and embarrass myself regardless. But, um, so that was really funny because I remember her thinking that my bike split was pretty good. Not quite what she expected, but pretty good. But then being shocked to learn, oh, well, like that's actually a pretty good time for not being clipped in. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Because it's not just the like... It's not like you were on flat pedals and biking. It's also the whole time you're like irritated and trying to clip in and not being able to. And then like, like you say, those tiny little speed play pedals, like I'm sure you were slipping off sometimes or just like, or having to hold your feet. Like it's just, oh my gosh, it's so like, I can just feel the irritation even like picturing it. (laughs) Yes, I definitely had, like you were saying, like my foot would slip and then like my inside of my like, ankle slash calf would like slam my bike and like all all of that I was like yeah it was a mess (laughs) but um but yeah we got through it and then on to the run and the run was cool reminded me of cross country days because it was like some road but then it went into like a field and then like through a trail at one point I remember though there being like not the best markings on part of the field part and I was like I hope oh my god right way you know (laughs) um but I like, I've always liked like that cross country shower. Like I grew up going to like the invitationals at Stanford that would be like on the golf course. And yeah. like, I don't know. It just is kind of fun sometimes to not be like on a road or on a sidewalk, you know? Yeah, totally. But yeah. And I remember one or two females passing me on the run for sure. And I remember being like, I wonder what age group they are, you know? And I think I had like lost track on the bike, especially with all the clipping in, not clipping in stuff going on. So I remember thinking when I started the run that I really didn't know where I was at in my age group or like if people had passed me or not. Um, but yeah, so then the run went well and I finished and then, um, I kind of was like walking around and like getting some of the food and like waiting for results. And I think they had a little screen where you could watch some of the results coming in too. And then kind of realizing like, oh, I don't think anyone in my age group is going to beat me, you know, like as more minutes went on and I was staying at the top. And so I was like, well, that's kind of fun, you know? And I was like, maybe my dad was on to something was <laughs> saying I should, you know, give this a go and could do it and have fun and like do well. You know, it's just a local one, yeah, but still totally. like fun to win your age group at your your first one, you know? Definitely, definitely. Did they do podiums for that race? Yes, they did. Um, I remember like calling Devin and being like, oh, I'm going to stay because I'm going to get him a little award. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember like, I really just didn't know that much about the triathlon world. But I remember like a few months later, you know, getting like my email with the invite to like triathlon nationals if I wanted to go. (laughs) And like, I know it's so maybe different than the swimming world that I grew up in, but I just remember being like, whoa, I got invited to go to nationals in my first season of triathlon, which took me, you know, 18 or 19 <laughs> years to do in the swimming world. Oh and I was gosh. like, okay, yeah. that's kind of cool, you know? 
But I remember, yeah, just being like, okay, this is fun. Like, let's do this thing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love it. It is fun. And it's so fun, like, to think back on our early races and just remember that, like, excitement and, like, you know, I think you and I both have talked about we like to race from a place of joy. And I think sometimes part of that is, like, channeling the joy and excitement and like pure fun of the early days. So this is really fun to hear about. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, us even talking about all this is like so nostalgic. Like it makes me want to reach out to Shelly and be like, thank you for setting my foundation of the sport. It makes me want to like, yeah, get settled in Reno and do some of the local ones. Cause it's like, of course, like it's so fun and amazing to do the Ironman triathlons and the Ironman 70.3 triathlons. And I've been fortunate enough and lucky enough to like be in a place where I could pick to do them in various States and not have to just do what's local. But there's something about that local triathlon, which I did like a couple of in Florida, but I wish now I wish I'd done more, right? Like they're, they are, they're just fun. Totally. I totally agree. Well, let's get into our closing segment, our Go Mamas of the Week. Go Mama! Go Mama! Go Mama! Go Mama! These can be any small triumph or thing that's making us happy. Jen, what's your positive this week? My positive is kind of just a general one, which is that Maddox's vocabulary is, like, really growing right now, and it's just so fun. Like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes as moms are like, oh my gosh, I don't want them to grow up or I don't want them to change. But I, I do feel like I'm someone who's like, tends to be a little bit like eager for the milestones too. Um, and you know, I know it's a generalization, but they say like a lot of the little girls vocabulary develops faster than like the little boys. And a lot of the toddlers we know or we're hanging out with in Florida, were like girls and so I would like see their vocabulary and be like oh my gosh this is so fun and I would just be like I want to know more about what's on Maddox's mind you know and so many moms are like careful what you wish for because once they start talking like (laughs) they won't stop you know but right now it's just fun his vocabulary is exploding it's fun as we're about to be around so much family because he's saying more people's names um and it will be helpful as we settle in and as he goes to a new daycare because he can communicate more of his needs because he has more words in his vocabulary. And it's just so cute. Like the way he says things are cute. So I'm just like excited for this phase right now and to watch his vocabulary grow. Yeah. And it makes you really appreciate that we have video cameras in our phones that we carry around all the time because it's like we can get this stuff recorded and then watch back and it's so yeah it's so cute now to look back at things ollie would say and now see like oh margo says that's similar to ollie or you know see the little stuff like that yeah language development is definitely one of my favorite things even studying it in school like in psychology like i almost That would have been an area that really would have interested me because it's so cool. Yes, yes, totally. And it's like, yeah, I think words are important to me, right? Like my job is words. Like (laughs) I've been a reader my whole life. Like I am a chatty person, a people person. Your podcast host. To watch him. Yeah, podcast host. (laughs) Like to watch him just, yeah, grow his vocabulary and be talking more is just like really fun. Yeah. But... Yeah, Amy, what's your positive this week? 
Well, this week, one of the things that I took note of was this moment where the kids were like conspiring together against me. (laughs) And I just like got so much joy from it. And I was so excited to see that like sibling connection. So it was bedtime, you know, trying to get the kids probably trying to get their pajamas on and they're like not having it and they get so riled up and they're so excited and they're building each other up and like, just balls of energy. So I was lying on um, like a pullout bed that we have. And then they were basically going from behind our like one of our ottoman chair things and then to the bed and so they were like behind the behind the chair and then they would climb up by me and like I don't know get me or whatever and then and then Ollie would be like Marco or like Gigi let's go back behind the chair and she's like yeah back and then they would like both crawl back over there and then (laughs) Ollie was like back on the bed and, and Gigi would be like bed you know like sort of mimicking what he was saying and they're talking together and they're like going back and forth and they're like on the same team and they're like knowing that they're like being you know naughty or whatever it was just so cute yeah well that's it for our show this week thanks everyone for listening we're excited to continue to share our experiences of training through pregnancy postpartum and with young kids New episodes come out every Friday, and if you have any topics you want us to cover or any questions for us, you can find us on Instagram at momsoftriathlon or email us at momsoftriathlon at gmail.com. Is everything okay over there? I'm trying to see if I can get this fly to leave my mm. <laughs> really annoying me. Come on, Fly. You can do it. You can do it. This way. This way. This way. No, don't go there. You're going to be so happy. You're going to be so happy once I get you out of here. Could you hear that fly at all? No. <laughs> Okay, good. Because it was like landing on the mic and stuff. I was like, oh my gosh. I hate flies though, so I feel you on that. (laughs) That's funny.